My name is Laura Dawn, and you're listening to episode number 56 of the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast, featuring my conversation with wisdom keeper and founder of The Fountain, Grandmother Jyoti, and Otemi Toltec wisdom keeper, Mindahi Bastida, where they both join me to share teachings around what they call the original principles and why we urgently need to wake up and start weaving these principles and values into the fabric and structure of companies and organizations and embody these values and principles in the way we show up to lead. We need back the territories to be in the hands of original nations and peoples. And you can support us because 80% of biodiversity in the world is in so-called indigenous territories, that we call original nations and peoples territories. But let's not take it for granted. It's a lot of work that we must carry out. Even some leaders are being killed because some companies or some institutions are taking over and they want to disappear original nations and people. It's a big concern in killing these leaders, are killing Mother Earth, are killing life. So we need to protect the sacred. We need to protect biodiversity, but also cultures. That's why we call biocultural heritage. Right now, we're in this critical moment, a prophetic moment of choice. And Mother Earth is going to evolve. The question is, will, will we say yes to that evolution and embrace it and help her in it? So we can move as a human species, or will we continue to sleep until she has to shake us off her skin? If we as a human species want to survive this, this moment in her evolution, then we, we must take a moment and get real clear about it. Imagine a world where generosity and giving to others is more valued than accumulating wealth and profit. Imagine a world where all life all of nature's elements, including the water we drink and the air we breathe, are equally valued. This is not only a deeply held prayer and a vision for the future, it's also how indigenous cultures have lived in balance with the earth since the dawn of time, guided by original principles. According to indigenous Otemi Toltec elder Mindahi Bastida, A world guided by original principles is not just possible, it's inevitable. In this episode, I invited Grandmother Jyoti and Mindahi Bastida to come and share their wisdom and teachings surrounding the original principles they speak of. Grandmother Jyoti has become a dear friend in my life who I deeply respect and admire, and an elder I turn to for wisdom and guidance and who I consider to be my spiritual grandmother. And I was recently invited to accompany her and other indigenous elders from the Mother Earth delegation, including Mindahi, to visit with the Kogis and the Mamos in Colombia. And this was truly an incredible honor and one of the more significant and profound experiences of my life that has actually catalyzed quite a lot of really big shifts that have been transpiring and unfolding for me since I released my last episode almost two months ago now, including my recent move to Costa Rica. 
And after I returned to Austin from Columbia, I decided to wrap up that chapter of my life. It was a short eight-month chapter. I sold all my belongings, gave everything away, packed up my bags, and I'm back living in the jungle where my bones feel so at home again. So I'm recording this episode from Costa Rica, and I've very intentionally opened up a new chapter in my life that really just feels in deep alignment with the vision of who I'm becoming and what I'm consciously choosing to create in this next chapter of my life. And for those of you who don't know Grandmother Jyoti and the incredible work she's been doing with The Fountain, I've featured her on the podcast before in episode number 36. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I highly, highly recommend it, where she speaks to truth, prayer, and the prophecy of these times, which really complements what we talk about in this episode with Mindahi. And Jyoti Ma is an internationally renowned spiritual teacher. She was the convener of the International Council of 13 Indigenous Grandmothers. She serves as a delegate of the Mother Earth Delegation of United Indigenous Nations. And she is founder of The Fountain, which is a nonprofit organization I'd really love for you to get to know. And I'll share more about The Fountain in just a moment. Jyotima has devoted her life to bringing unity to the planet by facilitating the development of alliances between individuals who are the guardians of indigenous culture and traditional medicine ways. And through collaborative relationships with organizations, they work to develop economic, social, and environmental solutions, creatively addressing the global challenges of our time. And also joining this conversation and sharing his profound wisdom of the original principles is Mindahi Crescencio Bastida Munoz, whom I also had the privilege of spending time with in Colombia. He is the director of the Original Nations program at The Fountain and a member of the Mother Earth delegation. He is a founder and former director of the Original Caretakers Program at the Center for Earth Ethics, Union Theological Seminary in New York City. He is a Dabadi of his Otemi Toltec people. A Dabadi has responsibilities for human beings and for other spirits and entities. A Dabadi knows how to relate to mystery. And Mindahi's work centers around restoration of the original instructions and ancestral wisdom through the unification process based on the four earth mandates. The first one being creation of the Council of Elders, the second one being activation of sacred sites, the third one focuses on houses of original thought, and the fourth one is intercultural dialogue and exchange. And now just to share a little bit more about The Fountain. It's a nonprofit organization, and it works at the intersection of sacred territories, sacred cultures, and sacred economics. And their mission is to cultivate a restored global economy of reciprocity, inspired by nature and principles of original cultures, and in service to the sacred. Jyoti Ma and her team are cultivating projects that demonstrate ways of life that honor the earth and all peoples. And the Fountain has launched this Global Sacred Territories Initiative to protect and restore sacred sites around the world and return them to the care of the original nations who are the rightful stewards. 
And this is some of the core work that they've been doing with the Kogis and the Mamos that I was exposed to in Colombia. And I feel just so honored to be learning from this council of indigenous elders. And I'm learning from them in so many ways and honored to support these profound and powerful initiatives to protect these sacred territories in any and all ways that I can. And that's really why I wanted to bring Grandmother Jyoti and Mindahi to come share their teachings around the original principles so you can become more familiar with the work that they're doing. And right now, the Fountain and their team are working on creating a process for businesses to come into alignment with the original principles, which again is just such a powerful mission that I really stand behind. And they call this the Alignment Protocol. And I just, I love this name so much, the Alignment Protocol. It's a three-month training program for leadership teams to align with original principles at all levels, from vision and mission, goals and objectives, values, as well as internal culture. And this is a journey towards alignment, alignment with original principles as the guiding North Star. And they are developing and testing the training during 2022, and their goal is to start offering these trainings for companies and organizations starting in 2023. And the Fountain is raising funds to create the curriculum for this training program, and I'll include a link in the show notes to check out their fundraising campaign. They're aiming to raise $60,000 to help support a team in building out all of the training materials. And they're also actively gathering an inspired learning community to come together and to share best practices for implementing original principles in organizations. And I am so thrilled to be part of this community. Because right now, as we know, we urgently need businesses to operate from a more unified moral compass. And we already know this shift needs to begin within. The shift begins inside each and every one of us as we encounter these guiding principles and experience the depth of wisdom they encode. And as we learn to align our lives with original principles and align our work and our companies and organizations in alignment with these original principles, These core values will transform our culture by aligning business and leadership with the well-being of everything on the planet. So in this episode, these wise elders and dear friends are going to share more about these teachings of the original principles. And Mindahi is speaking English in this episode, which isn't his first language, and some words might be a little harder to catch. So I encourage you to just really listen to the frequency of his words with a a sense of openness and a softness to be able to fully receive the transmission of this powerful message. And I'm going to leave you with a song called The Offering. It's a new release by my dear medicine sister, Aya Luz, and is just such a perfect compliment to the message that's offered in this episode. And you can also go to lauradon.co forward slash 56 to access all resources mentioned throughout this episode and learn more about Jyotima and Mindahi, as well as The Fountain, and access links to check out their fundraising campaign to support this very powerful initiative to weave in the original principles into the work that companies and organizations are doing. All right, friends, without any further ado, here is my conversation with Grandmother Jyoti and Mindahi Bastida. 
All right. Thank you for taking the time. It's so nice to see you, Mindahi and Grandmother Jyoti. It's just such an honor to spend time with you. I always learn so much every time I'm in your presence. So thanks for taking the time for joining me here today. We feel the same way about you, Laura Don. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice to, to be with you, Laura. Mm, thank you. Good morning, Jyoti. Good morning. I just wanted to open up by acknowledging this land that I'm on. I've just recently made this move to Costa Rica. And when I was here a month ago, I really put my hands on this land and asking permission to come and be here. And I have been just feeling such a warm welcome and held in these mountains and just honoring all of the people who have walked this land before me, including the Bribri and the Baruka and other tribes as well. And so just feeling so honored and grateful to be on this land and be exploring this land as my new home. And I would love to invite you, Mindahi, to open up this space with a prayer, if you feel called. Nah, you you. Zengwa ti tikulu ti zana tante tante oka makame makata dihmewa dine kionke ki chalamui chalashudi dine kionke ki tiate tini chalamui. Acknowledging the whole mystery, the great spirit. Acknowledging the day and the night and the in between. Acknowledging all the colors that we can see and we cannot see. Acknowledging the hidden winds and the swirling winds that give us life that are born from the sacred caves. Acknowledging Mother Sea. And beautiful territories and sacred territories around the world. The four directions and the in the middle, the tree of life, the roots that are accompanying us all the journey in this new dawn, in this new way of living that is based in ancestral teachings, ancestral original principles, the law of origin the law of everything. The movement that is born in the origins, remembering that we are here to learn from each other and to teach us ourselves how to live in peace and harmony with Father Sky and Mother Earth and the celestial bodies. And all the entities and deities that are with us in this struggle for the care of life May this day be blessed and the night and the in between. Come at the key, come at the key, come at the key. May you be blessed and all your families, your territories, and that the sacred is protected. Become at the Thank you. Mm. Oh. 
Thank you for that opening prayer, Mandahi. And you referenced the original principles, which is really why we've gathered here this morning to dive into this, because I think there is a lot of curiosity. I've heard, I think it was the first time I interviewed you, Jyoti, way back in season one of this podcast, and you mentioned the original principles, and that was really the first spark of like, okay, what are these original principles? Why does this matter that we should be focusing on them at this moment in time? You know, when we zoom out and we really look at this moment of time that we're in on the precipice, as some scientists say, of the sixth mass extinction, where many of us intuitively know we can't keep engaging in business as usual. And I love that you want to bring these original principles to leaders in the corporate and the business world specifically. And I, I really just want to give both of you a lot of space here this morning to share anything that feels the most pertinent around the original principles, why we need to be focusing on them, how we can be applying them, especially in business, and why this is not a time for business as usual and why we need to shift our, our value system and the old system of values is steering us in what some might call a, a dire direction and how we can bring in new original principles. It's like new ancient ways as a, as a new way forward that's more heart-centered, valued-driven, value-driven. And so I'd love to just open up this space for you to share some of these teachings well, I kind of, if you don't mind, I'm going to lean into Mendahi because his people have their own understanding of what original principles mean to this earth and why now, to answer that question of yours, of why now do we need to really start to focus here? And then I'd like to back that up with my understanding. Okay. Would that be all right? Yes. Wonderful. Yes. So, Mindahi, your wisdom and your people's wisdom, please. Yes, thank you. I greet you, brothers and sisters, uh, and it's a big honor to be with you today, sharing ancestral wisdom. And in the origins, we were told that uh, we had to walk in peace, in harmony, in responsibility, in reciprocity in love, but uh, will give us life. The original instructions that are based in these original principles refer that we came here to this beautiful planet from the stars, and uh, that we were born in the most dark place in the Pleiades. The leading star is Venus, the answer always teach us how to, to walk in the right direction. So we came to the moon. Others known this continent uh, sank quite time ago as the Lemuria. And we still have some festivities or celebrations around the moon, two celebrations in our peoples in the Ottoman tradition that honor those ancestral lands. And then I can tell you that the original instructions is the, are the ones who are received from the origins from the great spirit. 
It's an energy that is connected to us or through us with all beings, all relatives. And that we are connected with Father Sky or with Mother Earth in that way. We cannot take more than we need. And we take care and give care of life and don't take over. So those are steps that we need to walk as human beings. But there was a time, there was a time when some thousand years ago, at least we say 7,000 to 8,000 years ago, that some cultures began to go in another direction. Instead of taking care, they began to take over. And that's why we are facing today, because we were living accordingly with the sacred calendars. And the sacred calendars are based in cycles, in cycles of Venus, in cycles of the sun and the moon, in relationship with Mother Earth. And these cycles are very important because we need to apply those original principles to the cycle. We cannot live faster or slower than those cycles. That's the respect and that's the reverence that we carry in our hearts. And whenever we see the, the night or the day, we reverence, we respect, and we acknowledge that mystery. So love is one of the main principles from the origins. We cannot flourish without love. We need love to flourish as individuals, as families, as territories, as nations, as institutions. We need to apply that. And for that, we need to think beautifully. We need clean ideas, clean initiatives, clean projects. So we can unfold and we can flourish. So love to us and to Mother Earth that give us life. And all what, what we see, even what we don't see, but we feel. So that's the one of the main principles from the origins that was taught to our ancestors and has been passed through generations. But this love emerges everywhere. If you go to one place to another, you can see that, you can feel that, if you acknowledge. So the, one of the main principles that we have is love. But another one, another one that is connected, all of them are interconnected, intertwined. The other one is reciprocity. Because we cannot just take, but we have, we must give back. Maybe not in the same direction, but in another one. So we can wear, we can weave, we can construct, we can build these interrelationships in a secret way. And that's the reason we have this system of compadras, to be father and mothers for others and not just for humans, with other animals and plants and minerals. So we are attached to those. And that's the reason the clans and the lineages were born, because we have responsibilities towards those entities 
and deities. And what is beautiful is because, yes, when you give with love, you also can receive with love. And that's the reciprocity that Mother Earth is needing, highly needed during these times. According with, accordingly with our teachings, we are entering a new era, the sixth sun. And for that, we need to pass through difficult times, 13 years, from May 3rd, 2013 to May 3rd, 2026. So this is a cleansing uh, space, cleansing process. So we acknowledge who we are as human beings and we remember who we are. So we really take into consideration that we are not more or less than another species. We are, we are just family of other. Mother Earth, God family. But she's passing through also to another level of consciousness. She needs us, but we need more from her. Because that's the reciprocity. That's the reason sacred sites and the entities, they are waiting for the, those ceremonies, those offerings, those payments. So we reciprocate in that way. We need to pay back for the air we breathe, for the food we eat, not just in, in monetary terms, but in spiritual terms. So that's why reciprocity is not just in the material world, but it, it is in the spiritual world. How much can we pay for the air we breathe from the beginnings? We are indebted and we need to pay back for the steps that we take every day or for the sun that we see every day, for Mother Moon that help us how to live in cycles. So all of that, I can say that those are the original principles, original instructions, how to live in peace and harmony. So I'm going to give a space to Grandmother Joyti because we share a lot around these principles. And I, I, I just want to say that uh, during these times, we are facing extreme erosion, biocultural heritage, heritage erosion. And also we are facing climate change as a crisis because we are sort of passing through these difficult times. So we need to remember who we are. We need to really put action in our, in our ways of living and not overconsume. Consumption is killing us. We just need to take what we need and not more. And we need to give back more. So thank you. Mm, thank you, Mindahi. I have some questions and I'm curious before I dive into some questions, would you like to pick up where Mindahi left off, Jyoti? I want to hear some of your questions. Sure. I your wisdom is a nice weaving. I'm so curious. I mean, we were all together with the Kogis and the Mamos last month in Colombia and just witnessing the way that you move as a Mother Earth delegation. And I'm curious, especially, you know, you've seen and been in contact with so many different indigenous tribes and indigenous lineages. 
And intuitively, I would say it makes sense that there's a lot of core original principles that many different lineages and tribes really come back to. And when I hear you talk about payment, Mindahi, I'm, I'm curious for people listening. So, you know, what, one thing I learned in Colombia was the the Kogis and the Mamos, they offer pagamentos, which is offerings to keep things in harmony and balance. And so for people listening where you say it's not necessarily, you know, financial payments, although sometimes that's nice to f- financially support projects mm-hmm. and initiatives and and money is a part of our system. But what are other ways that people can understand this embodiment of of giving back? What's like a tangible way for people, especially leaders in the business space, can really start the embodiment of pagamentos, of paying back, of offering back mm. to keep things in balance and harmony? Yes, uh, I have many things in mind. But I want to, to say this, this as uh, very important. First of all, we need to, to give back and pay back to the entities like the rivers. If they are polluted, we really need to clean for the cleansing of the rivers. Uh, you know, there are so many rivers. They are beings, they are persons. They, are, they also have spirits. So there's a need for, for this cleansing, for the bio, bio cleanse, because uh, so much pollution, so much chemical from factories and from sewages and are polluting the rivers. And there are many beings that are living there. So we need to respect and to give back that life. We are responsible. But one thing that I really want to to say about pagamentos and payments is that, yes, we need the support from uh, those entities and uh, those institutions and those organizations or companies that have been taken over to give back. It's not just that we are asking. It's something that they must do if we want to make it. And another thing I want to say is that, you know, many territories around the world have been, uh, until today, have been taken over. We need back the territories to be in the hands of original nations and peoples. And they and you can support us because, as you know, 80% of biodiversity in the world is in in so-called indigenous territories that we call original nations and people's territories. But let's not take it for granted. It's a lot of work that we must carry out. Even some leaders are being killed because some companies or some institutions are taken over and they want to disappear original nations of people. It's a big concern in killing these leaders, are killing Mother Earth, are killing life. So we need to protect the second, we need to protect biodiversity, but also cultures. That's why we call biocultural heritage. And that's a big responsibility for institutions and companies and nation states that they provide with resources, but also with laws 
and the ecocide law must be acknowledged as an international regime to protect life. Mm -hmm. And also, I want to say that biocultural heritage policies must be in the constitutions of every single nation state if we want to protect life. We don't have any other option if we want to survive. Because we are not praying just for that 80%, or uh, we are praying for the whole Mother Earth. We are protecting life, not just in that, that biodiversity, but biocultural diversity in the world. We are praying for you. What do you do for us? So I'm talking about these institutions and people that are taking over and over again and again. This is the time for conciliation. This is the time for to come together in, in unification, unifying, respecting our differences, respecting the diversity. So, Laura, I'd like to touch on your question of payment, because one of the elders explained it to me, which really helped me understand it much better. Um, what the elder would say is that when I'm bringing my I go, I want to make an offering to my altar, then I go to the store and I buy some roses and I bring it back to place on my altar as my offering. If I want to make a payment to that sacred place in my home or at my home, and I want the roses to be there, then the payment would require that I find the right land, that I tend to it and get permission to plant this rose bush there, that I water it, I keep it safe, I keep things away that would disturb or destroy it in any way. And when it blooms itself, then I come and ask for permission to gather its roses to add to my altar. That then is a payment. So when I when I sat with our talk that we were going to have today, I was thinking, right now we're in this critical moment, like Mindahi has so spoken so well about, a prophetic moment of choice. Um, and Mother Earth is going to evolve. The question is, will, will we say yes to that evolution and embrace it and help her in it so we can move as a human species? Or will we continue to sleep until she has to shake us off her skin? Um, so if we as a human species want to survive this, this moment in her evolution, then we, we must take a moment and get real clear about it. So. I know there are people waking and I know there are people out there that uh, can hear these words and it, it resonates with them. They, they've been hearing it inside. They're beginning to remember that deep connection and relationship with Mother Earth herself. They're waking to the knowledge that lives within each and every single one of us. And so it's time for us to make a payment. It's time for us to gather our sources and our resources to bring a payment into this story, into this moment of choice, which means then that we have to we have to really look at our value system and what our value systems focus on. So when I sat with the value system we have uh, created in the West, 
what I came up with was kind of the difference between the offering and the payment. Uh, It was even deeper than that because we went, we're going from a world that's based a Western model that's based on competition and flipping it right side up again. So that original foundation can be based on collaboration. It's moving us from a value of greed. What can we have? How do we hold on to it? How do we covet and make sure we've got what we need versus one of reciprocity where all life cares for life and life cares for it. It's a circle of life that allows all life to flourish. It, we're moving from a power over regime into a time of understanding the equality that exists amongst all of us through our diversity, through our diversity. Our diversity is our richness. It is the gift to this moment. It is part of our solution if we can embrace our diversity rather than trying to push over our power over something. We're moving from a a state of oppression into one that opens the heart and accesses that intelligence of love that Mendahi says is the seed of all of this, the true seed of it all. It moves us from a understanding and a practice of division and separateness into one about unity. All nations, all life, all of life has a living element and an intelligence in itself. Can we honor us as a part of that instead of lords over that? It moves us from an, an understanding that we can own earth, that we can buy her, that we can make her into a commodity. And it allows us to begin to realize that all life is sacred and that she has an intelligence and a wisdom that is needed right now for this moment we're in. Can we be humble enough to allow ourselves to remember that connection and therefore be able to access that intelligence? We're moving out of a need to have an attitude of extraction. What can I get from this? And to an attitude that we allow all of life to show us where to go with it because we follow the process of life as she brings it in each present moment that we hold. She deepens our listening. She helps us really get still in the mind, open in the heart, and then we can listen again. You know, I think something really significant needs to happen. We need to have Mother Earth at every board table. She needs to have a voice there. You know, I was thinking this morning as I was preparing and I was thinking about what business leaders and community leaders do when they're getting ready to start a new company, start a new project. You know, um, you can you can lean into that and let your mind design it. Or you can allow your own creativity to reveal something you hadn't seen before like an artist does when they get ready to paint or a sculptor does when they look at a piece of holy stone, something comes out of the stone and they start to move 
the stone around so that that can be revealed. And that's kind of the moment we're in right now. Creator has given us some a, a place to allow and uh, that that image that we don't know yet is about to present itself to us. And there are people awakening that want to be the bridge, that want to move out of a, a mind-driven man law and into a, a heartfelt mother law. That's the moment we're in. And some... Some say, yes, I want to do that, but I don't know how to I don't know how to do that. What does that mean? How do we put it into motion that some of what we're trying to do with the original protocol alignment training? We really want to call some businesses, a few businesses together so that we can jump into an unknown pond together with our diversity, with our with our talents and allow it to show us how to weave this training so that it will be the best and firmest step that we can offer then to other organizations and movements and businesses. So that once that, that we go in, we assess the culture in that business. And then we work with the leaders of that business to see how can we flip you right side up again so that your foundation has these original principles that Mindahi was so giving such beautiful voice to this morning. You know, um, I think that's the challenging moment that we're in right now. And that's how we'll begin the process of our payment towards what the what the Kogi would say are those that hold the Eagle Condor prophecy that we are we are those in service to the new dawn. And so we have to jump out of our box and we have to follow something. We have to let it reveal what this next step will look like because we've never taken it before as, as humanity. You know, so those are some of the things that came up for me as I was listening to both of you share. And I hope that helps because people have said to us, I, I want to, I'm curious about this, but I don't know. What does that mean? And how would that look like? Well, you know, we want to say to you, we don't know. We want to say to you, we're not here to say, we know how you sh this should go. We want to be creative with you in coming to a solution that is palatable and diverse enough to go into different cultures and, and, and systems around the planet and help build this bridge. I was going to ask you, how do you conceptualize this notion of sacred economics and everything that you spoke to really seems to embody what sacred economics is, moving away from competition towards collaboration, for example. And and is collaboration, is that part of the one of the original principles? And how many original principles are we are we talking about here? Well, I'll, I'll just mention this and then uh, Mindahi, please. <laughs> um, I just want to say that as we're getting into this, that what I'm, I know, uh, and I've been walking uh, for over four decades, uh, learning from my elders of the original people. They've raised me up and helped me remember, and I'm fully in service to that. Um, but I think what's uh, significant about it is there. Original principles have been given to everyone and are part many times of their creation story as well. They kind of walk side by side together. Uh, 
And so that can look a little different if you go to different uh, tribes and our nations around the planet. But there are certainly a central core heart to them all, which speaks to these elements of generosity, collaboration, reciprocity, heart, unity, all life is sacred and more. But there's a core meaning inside of that. And when you start to look at it, they're they're speaking about it as they, their languages are different, their cultures are different, their ways of life uh, are different because we're that diverse. But there is a commonality of the foundation of life of this creation that they care for and have been given protocol to care for. So it will sustain itself through time. Um, and Dahi, would you say more about that? Yes. Yes, uh, collaboration is a, it's a very important uh, word, concept, category, but it's very close to reciprocity. You know, reciprocity is a principle from the origins. So collaboration is, is the unfolding way of reciprocity. So that's why uh, we also need to, to say and talk about the same concept that others can use, but we cannot misuse those categories because they sh uh, there should be, uh, for example, in these categories, misunderstandings because the uh, collaboration could be driven in another way, you know? But the principles are, are inamovable in the way of thinking, and acting and feeling in the right way for the care of life. Mm -hmm. It almost feels like there's embedded the notion of right relationship. Like if there was a Venn diagram, it would be like collaboration, overlapping reciprocity and right relationship would be in there as well. Yes, yes, there is there. But what we are calling now is for... Uh, this unification, this unity in the diversity, but for, for the care of life, to protect the sacred and protect life, and that we see the sacred elements as elements, not as resources. Of course, there are resources, like monetary resources, but we cannot call human resources. We have no resources. We are humans, we are sacred, and we must treat each other as such, and life as such. Water is not a resource, water is a sacred, sacred element. So in any policy, in any action, in any project, water must be treated as a sacred element as a being. It's a being. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. So, so that's the concept that we are, uh, and the concept that we are putting on the table. We might call in one way, another culture in another way, but that's the common ground. That's the common ground that we are uh, bringing together in such a way that we can share with others and help them to remember who we are as human beings. We are not 
the peak of the creation. We are just another species. And we, we must behave. So now what we are, are asking to the people in power, let's say, because power is uh, something that we, are, we have to deal with, is that they give back. They, they have taken over in other ways that are killing life. And, you know, there was a time when I heard, because I was asking, please give back the lands, give back the territories to the original peoples and nations. Because we know how to take care of life. And uh, people were saying, oh, uh, maybe not. Uh, maybe we don't have to give back, do we? I said, yes, you have to give back. Because you, if you don't listen, your next generation are going to suffer more. You have to give back. Because just imagine just an analogy with the waters. If you don't allow the waters to, to be in life, they get stung and they get poisoned. That's what is happening to humanity. So we need to give back so we can flow, we can flourish. And that's what is called karma is always there. We need that cleansing for all the people. And not just people, institutions, organizations, nation states. So we need to stop colonization. Colonization is the taking over of lives, territories, and time and space. So we need to be aware of that. We need to decolonize, not just the colonizer. The colonizer needs also to be decolonized. Is everybody, is everybody's task, not just the colonized, but the colonizers that are also colonized. <laughs> we have the same path. And you know, it's a significant moment today because uh, the Pope is in Canada and having these same kind of discussions there um, as he asked for forgiveness for when, what we call the bad seed was planted, the these papal bulls, these letters that went out to tell people in all the lands that were being discovered that those that were living there were less than human and they needed to come back into uh, the church and learn their languages and give up their ways um, and if not kill them and take their land. And so that was where the bad seed is. So we're right here in this moment where that's getting recognized that that was not okay. And that all life is sacred and all beings have a wealth inside themselves. If we'll take the time to sit down and listen and learn from that culture. Um, it, it makes a, a very different listening feel, doesn't it? So I think that's coming up today because we're in this big moment that's globally getting recognized, which then I think brings even more import to the moment of us coming together to see what we can design in this training that would help to bring this transformation into Western companies and movements and ways 
that will then help to move as a solution and a medicine of the time uh, and, and bring things back into what you just said, Laura, right relations. Yeah. And I just want to actually acknowledge for so many people listening. I mean, and I feel that too. It's like there is such a strong momentum and the the scaffolding and the old template is so strong. So it actually really requires an enormous amount of courage to show up and be willing to engage in this less tangible, more intuitive process of listening and cultivating more present moment awareness and and these are these really sit at odds with the bottom line and financial prosperity and you know all of these very strong you know that the scaffolding the old way is just so strong and to break out of that mold is really going to require a lot of resilience and dedication and courage for us to be able to say okay we need to template a new way and I know, and I heard you say, you know, well, we don't have the answers that they come, they will be revealed, they'll come and unfold. And I am curious, because organizations are made up of people. And, and just to give people some level of, okay, how do they start reorienting in their daily lives? You know, a lot of the work that I do is psychedelic oriented leadership development. And I think of it as ceremonially informed leadership. How do we weave ceremony into the way we show up and lead and template organizations from that place? And so is there anything that you can offer for wisdom for people to start embodying this sense of knowing of, you know, Mindahi, you said overconsumption is killing us. So one thing that really came to mind was even just being more mindful of like how much food I'm consuming as a responsibility for how to be in right relationship with this earth and how much power and energy I'm consuming, whether that's electricity, for example, just ways of embodying this sense of being in right relationship with the earth. And for me, I've been living off grid for 20 years now, so I have that deeper level of awareness but how do we start planting these seeds of awakening in people, especially leaders who are leading organizations, that they can wake up and start paying attention in a different way that also feels a little bit more tangible, like something to immediately start working on when they stop listening to this episode? <laughs> well, I just want to jump out as a grandmother and say, the first thing we can do is sit down and listen to our children. Our children are coming in with so much wisdom and they're real clear about what needs to happen. And they are confused that people are not paying attention right now to this moment that we're in. That's global. Uh, they feel it. Uh, and I, so I, I want to say first, before we do anything else, sit down and listen to our children. Let's see what they have to say. Maybe their questions or maybe their confusion will only help us identify what in our lifestyle and in our management of life <laughs> that there it needs to shift and change. It's kind of like, you know, whenever we grow, we get to a certain place when the model that we held, the clothes that we wore, the way that we were um, disciplined or guided by our parental care, caring people, um, those have to change because we develop and we have to mature. 
And so I'd like to hold that this moment we're in is a maturation moment. And that if we can just allow the our, uh, to receive and understand that we're being called now into our, our real full maturation of human species, that if we can do that, then we'll see that the, the clothing that we're wearing, the way that we've put uh, ourselves together to culturally move in life, that, that we're breaking out of it uh, and into a, a new form that's actually going to give us more space uh, and more presence uh, to the space. Um, and or we can hold on. And if we do, we will damage that maturation process. And that will put us on a, on a road that could be very self-destructive. So I just want to just want to put it in that kind of a frame for all of us as we sit and, and look at our own lives and, you know, look at what they need. Um, I mean, having more experience with the earth going out, uh, if they have uh, grounds to, to start planting their own food, uh, or at least, uh, you know, uh, some, even if it's an herb garden that you got on your back patio, uh, it still allows you to connect with nature and how it's growing and how, how we, how it works with us. Uh, it helps to bring that focus together. Uh, you can go out every morning and just start your day with a glass of water in your hand, that sacred, sacred element that Mindahi's been speaking to, that mother element of life. It gives life here. And so just greeting it, the, the morning sun as it comes with that water and just putting your prayers in your heart felt moment of the beginning of a new day. Uh, and then sharing that 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 prayer of water by giving the earth her drink first mm -hmm. and then allowing yourself to drink four times and your children, your wife, your puppy, your kid, mm -hmm. however that goes. That starts the day with a very different attitude mm -hmm. towards the day. And then we can listen to what the day is going to bring us. Mm -hmm. yeah. right. And even just the amount of wisdom that we can learn through the element of water. I was like, wow, okay, there's so much wisdom in water and the way water moves and the different forms that it takes. And that if we pay attention in a different way, there's so much curriculum there to receive and that that is a way of moving. So thank you for sharing that, Jyoti. And Mindahi, do you have anything you'd like to add? Yes, you know, we are in this time learning from each other. And I think uh, the business world should learn really uh, about collective dignity. Because we have uh, the time now to, to acknowledge each other. Because we are humans. And because we are family with other beings. So... I want to say that collective dignity is, is essential. How we behave in front of others, how we behave in our communities. So that's why this collective dignity is so precious. But also I want to bring to the attention to this, especially with the business world, about precaution, precautionary principle before you take 
action around a project or initiative, you must have a toolkit, values, principles. Be considerate in your enterprise, in your company that really takes into consideration the care of life. If any initiative attempts against life, then it's not good, it's not a good company, it's not a good enterprise. So we need to change. We need to change for the better. I just wanted to mention, you you, you poked uh, this other teaching that came to me early on uh, as I started my walk on this road. And it was that if we would take enough attention like the elders did so long ago with their wisdom, if they were going to cut down a tree, they all got together to look at what would happen. Seven, How would that affect the next seven generations? Um, if we took that kind of thought in the actions that we're putting out in the world instead of being so reactive, uh, I think that we would already uh, have a different way that would evolve. Just that simple action. If I'm going to put this dam in the river, how is that going to affect the next seven generations mm. and the ecology of life that flows mm. that's been stopped by the dam in the river? Just so that we look at everything, how it affects mm. all these things instead of just what it's going to give me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So the principle of, of do no harm. Do no yeah. harm, yes. And it's now uh, well known as science, science and precaution, science and precautionary principle, because we need to have the science, the knowledge before uh, carrying out any initiative. So how it could affect mostly positively rather than negatively, because we are talking about life, we are talking about intergenerational equity, which means what we are living for the next generations to come. Mm. But we are not just thinking about human uh, uh, equity. We are talking about life equity. So that's why it's so important to talk with business leaders because they need to understand, as we understand life, that life is sacred. And we can uh, work together. And there is one thing that I want to mention, because, you know, when an enterprise arrives to a territory, let's say, in, in a original nation's territory, they just ask permission to the nation state and never ask permission to them to the entities or to the local people. Of course, if we want to work together, we need to be treated as equals in equity. And we can also work in that direction because we are humans. We also want to, uh, the prosperity, but not whatever is prosperity. We want the prosperity that is based in love, in reciprocity, in respect, 
in reverence for life. I wanted to just give you a moment to speak to the campaign that you've launched and why it's important for people to contribute financially to this campaign. And if businesses or organizations are listening to this and you're curious about how you can learn more and receive this training, these very, very valuable training, um, to be in touch with us and to get on the campaign page. And you can be in touch with Grandmother Jyoti and on my website, I'll have links to all of their information and the campaign as well. And is there there anything in closing, Grandmother Jyoti, you'd like to say about the the fundraising campaign that you're that you've launched? <laughs> well, it's a we in motion. It's something. It's not just uh, for us. It's about something we want to collaborate on, and so we're doing a shout out through this crowdfunding as a way of generating the community that's awake enough and wants to jump into this process with us. I think we're also looking for some uh, different companies or organizations that would like to get what I'm calling jump into God's lab. uh, So we can kind of come with our own creativity and our diversity and we can see what that coming together will bring as a solution for helping awaken um, the Western world to the moment we're in so we can make a conscious choice together. Um, so I think it's I think the links, uh, if they follow those links, and I think um, you can also maybe give them a link to um, some of the places where our new little film that kind of sh- shares the heart of this initiative comes from. Uh, and certainly we're open to receiving any questions that you may have or that, that we hope that this podcast is stirred because uh, if we stirred some questions in you then we we are we are awakening together and and that makes my grandma heart very happy. <laughs> I just adore you both. I have an enormous amount of respect for both of you and I just feel always so deeply honored to be spending time with you and to receive your knowledge and your wisdom. I really hold that also with a lot of sacred responsibility. And so I'm honored to support these initiatives. It's so closely aligned with so much of the work that I'm doing as well. And I just really encourage people listening to this to check out the links in the show notes and to support this campaign and help make a difference in the ways that we're holding the vision for this new earth, this time of transition, so we can all walk in right relationship with each other and this earth. So thank you so much. I adore both of you. I hope you both have a a blessed rest of your day and we will be in touch soon. Well, and I I want to say thank you, Laura Don, uh, for having the courage to open up a field where we can stir such questions and we can get to know each other through the questions um, and come to understanding uh, through that kind of motion as well. So thank you for you and your listeners that are out there that have already been poked by the intelligence of nature and are ready to get creative Mm -hmm. as a global community. Yay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Laura. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Laura. Mm-hmm. Aloha. Bye. Blessings. Aloha. 
Hi, friends. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast. It's so nice to be back after taking a couple of months off the show and rooting into a new rhythm here in Costa Rica. Once again, I encourage you to go to lauradon.co forward slash 56 to access all the links that were mentioned in this episode and to support this campaign that The Fountain has launched to bring these powerful teachings of the original principles to companies and organizations and leadership development. If you've been enjoying the show, I would so appreciate it if you could leave me a review on iTunes and feel free to reach out and connect with me on Instagram at D. I'm going to leave you with a song called The Offering. It's a new release by my dear medicine sister, Aya Luz, a song that I just love so, so much. Once again, my name is Laura Dawn, and you're listening to the Psychedelic Leadership Podcast. Until next time. Discover mm-hmm.
is the old.